0: lot of times you um, meet someone and you think this person is going to like help you and you trust them and you get in business with them and then uh, things don't turn out the way that you saw it would be like you really were expecting that this meeting this person this scenario is really going to lead somewhere and instead of a leading somewhere the opposite happens it's exactly the opposite of what you thought would happen happens and the question is how to um, develop our power of sight to uh, to see a little deeper? Oops, can't hear me. All right, try this again. Why can't you hear me? Okay, now it's good. I, I think I it was my fault. I didn't do something on my phone. Okay, good. Actually, um, it's good you brought that up, David, because. Um, uh, as this, uh, when we discussed the power of sight, the power of sight has a lot to do with uh, every part of ourselves. The power of sight is a very powerful uh, right. powerful energy in, in human being. The, the f- opening verse of the 6th Torah portion is, Hashem says, look, I'm going to give you, there's blessing and there's curses. And there are two paths in life, and Hashem says, you could look, you could see, and you could figure out what way to choose. And the question is, what does Hashem even mean? Like, we could see the spirituality of things, but one of the hardest things is is to make a choice, is to really see things the way they are. So Hashem makes it sound so simple. Look, you could see it. And and um, you, meant, you reminded me, David, of this uh, study they once did about, there are many studies, but uh, we, when we see something, it affects the way we hear. Like, they did this study, this, they, they brought these 160 people into a room, and they... And uh, and they showed everybody. Oh, Dr. Brassman was machter. So, uh, what we see affects how we hear. They, they brought 160 people in the room, and they and this guy gets in front of them. Uh, they show this person. They show a screen of this person saying the word bar. He says bar, and uh, everyone hears bar. But um, then they. Show this guy saying "par." Now, when you say "bar" or "par," you like this "par," because mouth opens up with to say the p sound. Um, for a long time, I, saw, I thought Doctor Pressman was Doctor Pressman. Don't ask me about that. Anyways, so the guy made the movement as if he's saying "par," "par," but he said "par," and everybody heard par. Everyone heard the P. They asked him what they are there because they, he, he looked like he was saying par. They all heard par when he really all he said was, was bar. So what we see affects how we hear things. And this is um, really spinned on its head when you uh, think about what the Zohar says about the power of sight. The Zohar says in order to see, you need to close your eyes, when you close your eyes, you could see amazing colors. Close your eyes, the Zohar says, why will you see amazing colors, amazing lights? The Zohar says because when your eyes are open, you only could see a spalaklari When your eyes are closed, you could see you could see a me'ira. That's what the Zohar says. What does that mean? Spalaklari she'en means a, a transparent glass. and she'en means a translucent or an opaque glass. So the Zohar says when your eyes are opened, you cannot see when your eyes are closed. Then you could see. You could see the hidden, higher things. And what does that mean? When your eyes are closed, what can you possibly see? You can't see anything. They have this museum in Holon, in Israel, where uh, I've got what the name of the museum is. It's about um, uh, uh, pe- getting people to understand the challenges that blind people have. And uh, this gentleman shared his experiences in this museum. So basically, they, they go into a room and, and the guide of the museum tells everybody, follow my voice. Because if you don't follow my voice, you're going to trip, you're going to fall, you're going to hit things, follow my voice. And everyone has to follow his voice. And they get used to following his voice. And he brings him into a room, and it's a, it's a tour, you go through many rooms, and this guy said that, in the, they were brought into a room, to hear music. And he said that he'd heard many musicians before, but he had never had such a pleasurable experience like listening to music at that time. And he said, because when you're at a concert, you don't just see, you don't just hear the music, you also affect all the things that you see. Because his eyes were closed, he was able to connect to the music in a whole different way and he had such a, such a more vastly more pleasurable, pleasurable experience. It, it was a different world. They, they went from the music room to, um, uh, to other rooms he showed them around. They had to go to, to, uh, to cook the different things. They told how to how to cook with their eyes closed and then the guy concludes the tour and he tells them his life story. And he says that, uh, it's a long, long story, but in the short, what happened was was that uh, this guy is blind, and he describes his challenges. So this gentleman who was attending the tour, he said, the guy spoke with such love and such sensitivity that he wished, listening to this guy speak, he said, I wish this guy was my father, I wish he was my brother. This guy has such a heart, such sensitivity, the way he's speaking, and he was getting so excited listening to him, that the guy who's giving the the, the presentation, the, the tour guide, he says to this to the guy, he says, "It's, it's okay. You can calm down. Sometimes people get emotional." He, he said, "What? How? The guy's blind. How could he tell that he's getting so emotional?" He, he said, he, "He could feel it. He could feel that he, he was getting really emotional, and and this blind man could could feel that the guy who's getting so emotional he told him to calm down. It's okay." So, um, anyways. The the tour is over and they go into the parking lot and he sees who the, what this guy looks like. This guy he, he looks like a, a homeless person. He has scars all over. He is he's hunchbacked. His his eyes and his are are. He looks he looks. He said if if I was past this guy in the street, I'd walk to the other side of the street. And a moment ago, I wanted this guy to be my father. I wanted this guy to be my brother. And what he what he realized was that sometimes. It's specifically when when you close your eyes that you're able to to see things that you cannot see when your eyes are open. There's halacha. When koinim bless the people, the koinim have to close their eyes. And we also have our eyes covered when they bless us. Why do the koinim have to close their eyes? Koinim go up there, and they bless people. And they look at everybody. Imagine they looked at everybody. Ah, there is shmeril. Shmeril offered to sell me his uh, to take over his lease on his Cadillac and then Shmeral changed his mind and he raised the price, and there's Beryl and you know what Beryl did, and laser ugh, and, 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 and you start losing your 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 enthusiasm to bless people, there's a halacha that if a coin has an argument with someone in the, com- the community, he's not, either the coin has to leave or the, pe- the person has to leave because uh, if that's a special time, it's time of divine grace, and if Things aren't the way they're supposed to be at that time. It could bring the opposite of blessing. So the kohen has to specifically close his eyes. He shouldn't see shmerl He shouldn't see battle, He shouldn't see laser. And the people also, looking at at these kohenim that guy doesn't keep Shabbos. That guy doesn't keep kosher. That guy, I know that who that guy is, and he all of a sudden is the kohen that is blessing all of us. <laughs> he's not really a kohen. He's not. He's not yet. So, so the Torah says, since the Torah, the, the the blessing before the coin gives the blessing, to bless us, is he thanks God for the mitzvah, of blessing the Jewish people with love. To have that love, to give the blessing with love, the Torah says, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Don't look at the people. Look at the blessing that you, that you said just now. God commanded us to bless the Jewish people with love. This isn't Yankel and this isn't Shmeral. This is blessing the Jewish people. This is, you're blessing God's children. These are God's children. These are, these are Neshama's here. And the same is also with us. We have to feel that we're getting blessed by Hashem. These are God's emissaries to bless us. How can we see them as God's emissaries if we know them so well? So the Torah says, don't look at them. Close your eyes. It says about um, Adam or about Adam, that uh, his great talent was his power of sight. Um, when God created the world, the angels Said to God, What's so special about Adam? Why are you so into man? And God said, I'll show you how special Adam is. And God brings the angels to the world and he tells Adam what he shows the Adam a cow. He says, Adam, what's that? And Adam says, Oh, that's a parah. And all the angels are like, Wow, he knew the Hebrew name for a cow. Like, big deal. What's the big deal? He knows the Hebrew name for a cow. What's unique, what's, what's special about that is that ordinarily the name that we have for different things is something we just agree to use. In other words, first you have a piece of paper, and then we all agreed to call the piece of paper a piece of, a piece of paper. The paper existed before its name. Everything in the world, its name exists before the thing. The Hebrew language, the t- holy language, is the only language where the, the language exists before the things. Before there was light, there was God's word, or. Before there was a cow, there was God's word, para. Before there was anything, there's first God's words make the thing to be. So, Adam had the power to see the inside of things, to see the godly energy of things. So that's what the Zohar means when it says that when you close your eyes, you could see amazing mm-hmm. color, that when, when we look at the external of things, we, that hides from us the inner meaning of things. When We cannot see the external sometimes, so that allows us to, to look deeper. The Chassam Sefer puts it this way, he says, Kachashecha <laughs> koira." Dark is like light The Meaning the darker things are on the outside The more light, the more you could see on the inside That's the meaning The Chassam Sefer lived 200 years ago And was a student of Ramnas Nassim Adler Who was a student of the Mzich Magid. So the Rav Sefer wasn't officially a Chassid But because his teacher was one of the students of Mzich Magid, He has a lot of Chassidus in his work Um, So he actually shared one of his teachings you heard from Lesnar Adler in his Sefer. Chesam Sefer asks a question about Adam and Eve in in the garden. It says in the Torah that after they ate from the tree, they knew that they were naked. What do you mean they knew that they were naked? Their eyes were open and they could see that they were naked. What do you mean their eyes were open? Their eyes were open before. There's two powers of sight. There are two different powers of sight. There's a spiritual power of sight and there's a physical power of sight. And before they did the sin of the tree of knowledge, all they saw was, I have a soul. I have a part of God in me. They didn't see the outside. When they did the sin of the tree of knowledge and they no longer could see the inner the inner energy of themselves, they suddenly saw a whole new world. There's a whole different world they saw. A, the, 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 the world changed. You know, Newton was a big believer. Newton... When he uh, made a discovery, he uh, would prostrate himself on the ground, and he would say, "God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, thank you for sharing with me your because a law of nature it's 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 God's law." He said, "Thank you for sharing with, revealing yourself to me. Thank you for showing yourself to me. I can now see your law. I can see now one of your laws. Like I, you're, you're revealing yourself to me." Newton made in his house a little, um, not a diagram, a little like like a model. Uh, because based upon the theory, about, on all those theories, he had a whole theory of how the sun and the moon and the stars are are made. Of course, uh, Maimonides uh, disproves that. But anyways, he had a whole um, uh, um, a very, very fascinating diagram of, of, of the sun and the moon. Another scientist visits Newton, and he... Um, and he looks at this, this, this amazing thing. He said, Wow, who made that? So Newton says, It got here by itself. So the guy's like, What do you mean? It couldn't get here by itself. What are you, what are you kidding around? He's you're, you're kidding. It you couldn't get here by itself. So he says, No, it got here by itself. The guy's like, Why are you saying that's impossible? So Newton says this friend of his who, who didn't believe in, in God as much as he did, He said, Listen, this thing is 45 centimeters, 50 centimeters, <laughs> and you know it couldn't have been made by a human being. The world is billions and billions of, billions of stars, infinite amount of stars, as we say in our prayers. You know, and, and can't you tell that there's something out there that, that made all of this? That's the blessing we say in the morning, blessed are you, Lord our God, who opens the eyes of the blind. We're not just asking, thanking Hashem that we're able to open our physical eyes. We're thanking Hashem we're able to look deeper into the world and to, and to be able to, um, to really live. That's also the reason why when we say Shema, we, we say the words, you should not go after your heart and after your your eyes. It should have said the opposite order. Don't go after your eyes and then go after your heart. What what happens first? First you see things, and after you see things, it affects the way you feel about things. So we should have said in the Torah, don't go after your, your eyes and after your heart. It doesn't say that. It says don't go after your heart and after your eyes. Why? Because we don't see what we think we see. We only see what we want to see. So what we want to see is what we actually see. People don't see the same thing. Their eyes they, see the same thing, but but the way you see things, that's why Hasidim always bless each other. They say, lechaim And the response is, L'chaim. L'varacha. What's lechaim? Chaim means we should live a life that that does something. That's why in Yiddish, when you meet somebody, what do you say? You say, Vosmachstu. What's Vosmachstu mean? What are you doing with your life? Is your life doing something that, that creates something, builds something, that makes something happen? So, so just because you're breathing, doesn't mean that you're 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 alive, you know. So, so that's the bracha we say in the morning. Hashem should open our not just our physical eyes, but open our spiritual eyes to see to see the truth. What do we say in davening? Well How is there a world here? What is the world? What is the world itself? The world itself is a godly energy that creates and vivifies every single thing, every single moment. The bracha we say in the morning is we should be able to see this. And then it's a different world. I saw. Uh, the Living Torah this week, you have to watch it if you do not watch it. Uh, this guy comes to the Rebbe and the Rebbe tells him they should meditate on Chassidus before he davens, and this will give him energy in his prayers. And that will animate his day. When you meditate and Chassidus before you daven, that will animate your, your davening, and that will animate your day. It's a different day, that's the meaning, the blessing we say to each other, L'chaim l'varach. There was this guy who... Uh, he was a good, he was a good boy, but um, and, he, and many good girls were uh, suggested to him, but uh, the problem was this guy had this this horrible this hard scar in his face, and because he had this hard scar, so these girls would meet him and they would uh, find reasons why it didn't work out because just he had this hard scar. And one girl he was going out with for a while, and. And he, he could tell that she's hesitant about... about, and, he, and, and, and she says... He asked her, what is it? She says, tell me how you got that scar. True story. He says, I was I was walking in this park and this Arab started up with this, with this girl and I started to fight with him. And the Arab pulled out a knife. He says, run away. And I thought for a split second... And I I told the girl, you run away. And the Arab, she ran away, and the Arab got angry at me, and he he stabbed me in the face. So the girl started to cry. She couldn't stop crying. She says, that was me. So, in other words, what happened over here? It was the same scar. Before, the scar was a horrid scar. Now what was the scar? The scar was a sign of sacrifice, a sign of kindness. It was the same scar. It was not the same scar. It was a whole different scar. There's a rabbi in um, in Manchester, Rabbi Chazan. He has a very big synagogue there. He um, this year before Yom Kippur, he's uh, sitting at home and he's preparing a speech. And I've been there. I know. I know what that's like. Oh man! And uh, and he's thinking speeches, speeches. What about what are speeches? The whole thing in life is about doing things. So why should I prepare a speech? I should need to go do something. There's a huge synagogue. He has to. And sacrifice, but but for him, but he said, you know, hey, listen, listen, this is not this is not, this is not the intent of Hashem just to speak and speak. I got to support Yom Kippur. I should do something. So he, he, he opens up his rolodex and he uh, thinks about like who he should call, who would approve. Ah, Yankel, Yankel is an elderly Jew, and what's going on with Yankel? Yankel may not even be able to walk over to the synagogue. You should call up Yankel before Yom Kippur and wish him a good year, and maybe maybe vi- maybe visit Yankel even. He calls up Yankel. Where is Yankel? Uh, Yankel is at uh, um, Yankle is at this 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 old age home, and he's an assisted living kind of thing. Okay, so so he finds out where Yankel is, and he, and he decides I'm just going to visit Yankel. He goes, gets in his car, goes to visit Yankel. Comes to Yankel's room, there's a noose hanging from the ceiling in Yankel's room, and the guy sees Yankel, and uh, uh, Yankel sees Rabbi Chazan, and he starts to cry. He says. I'm alone over here. and Nobody visits me. I'm here by myself. And I'm thinking, my whole life of yours is just a waste. It's just a waste. So I said to God, you know, if if my life means anything to you, this is the sign I want to see. That if my life, send Rabbi Chazan to visit me today. <laughs> send Rabbi Chazan to visit me. Then I will know that that my life means something to you. So Rabbi Hazan. Didn't just speak; he did something. He also had a great speech. Imagine he said that he does that, that story the next day in his synagogue in Yom Kippur. People, people couldn't couldn't stop crying. So this is the, um, this is the uh, instruction Hashem gives us in this week's Torah portion. The first words of the Torah are Re'ei an Fenchem Hashem says, "Look, I'm giving you today a blessing and a curse." Uh, I, Hashem is not just telling us that, that there are two w- paths in life. Hashem is not just asking us to look deeper into ourselves and into the world and realize what the world is and where it comes from, what it's about. Hashem is also asking us that we should try to uh, make our life a life of a blessing, that we should think about what Hashem has given us and do something with it. And the only way to do that is, it it all starts with your eyes, you know, with with the invention of x-rays. X-rays Brought us to how, how, how do you see things? Light bounces off the externality of an object; it hits your eyes, and you see. X rays could see deeper, but but in Chasidus there is a um, there is a uh, term, Mitzias and Mahus. Mitzias means the existence of something, and Mahus means the essence of something. When Hashem says "Ro'e Anochi," most important words over there are the first two. Hashem says, look at me. Hashem is saying to us, you have the ability to let go of the way you see things on the outside and to look at Hashem himself, to look at divine providence. <laughs> the less we, we, we look at things we're not supposed to look at, the less we, we get, are, 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 are blinded by the things that we shouldn't pay attention to, the more a different picture emerges, the more we're able to see the spirituality and the holiness and things. That's why it's so important to um, what we look at. There's an expression in the Mishnah uh, that we learned this past Shabbos. Mishnah says, Jealousy and passion um, and glory take a person out of the world. It's not, the simple meaning is, if you're jealous of people, it's going to uh, it's going to ruin your life. You go, You're not living a life worth living because you're 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 seeing everything. And you're not happy with what you have because 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 you're, you're It's not that you, it'll lead you to make mistakes in your life and therefore it'll cause you to die. It also means right now you're you have left the world. You don't see things say the way the way they are. I'm gonna share this with you once. I was walking with my kids once, and uh, one of my kids was upset. And and the whole world just looked black to that kid. Like, like we're outside, we're walking around, it's a beautiful day, and the whole world because they wanted a cookie and it wasn't and they, and, and they went with their with one of their siblings, one of their siblings to to the to the bakery and 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 they were they were they weren't happy with the choice that we made of which kid got because they wanted that kid the kid chose another cookie it was a bigger cookie and they chose a smaller cookie and therefore they should earn they should have earned to get two cookies. <laughs> oh, nice. I heard a story yesterday. It's crazy this teacher had a great idea. I don't know if any, I do I know if anybody could do this, this idea, any teacher, but this teacher was gifted, he was able to make this deal actually work. It was like this. You know you know. What kids always say, Always kids always complain like, uh, they got a bigger piece, uh, why, don't, why don't you, oh, in, a, in, a, in a classroom, why don't you call on me, you always call on him. So this teacher made this, this, this um, party every month, called the, I'm not sure the exact translation in English, party calls the party the mikupachim. M- Those get left out, the neglected ones. Those get neglected. And what happens at this party? At this party, let's say you know you were at this birthday party in the class and you got a smaller piece of cake. So uh, the teacher gives you what you missed because it, it's, it's, you know, it's a big classroom, I can't give attention to everybody. So I give everybody, oh, you, you, your piece of cake was sm- too small, so I'll give you the part of the cake that you missed. So he get a sliver a sliver of the cake. <laughs> You get, you got the, 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 oh, you want to, be, you know, so, so, so you may, so that's what happens at this party, and each kid at the party has to say uh, one thing that they're that they, they they missed out, and one thing that they're grateful for. The whole point is that is to is to generate this feeling of generosity. So. So some kids are, are really good at saying things that they're not happy about, right? Things are always complaining. And, and the, the point that he does this is just that, that the kids should not stop complaining and they should learn to be grateful. That's the point of the party. So some kids, when he tells them, say something, they, how are you neglected? I was neglected. Are you kidding? Uh, like, by the way, he says, if any child has a baby, has a new sibling, they automatically get, get invited to this party. If you were neglected, you get a, so having a new sibling means you get neglected a little bit because a new sibling, they automatically get invited to the monthly party. Anyways, so, so, so one kid... Um, he's right away, he's getting neglected. Oh, I was neglected because uh, because he didn't call on me, because I missed a piece of cake. Um, but, other, but other kids have a harder time with neglected thing. How I was neglected? I was not neglected. Oh, I know how I was neglected. I want to stay up all night to learn Torah with my brother on Thursday night, and they'll only let me stay up till midnight. <laughs> so, whatever, you know, a certain holy, you know, holier, holier than thou. One kid, Zalman, in the class, he was the opposite. He said, be grateful for something. He'd have to be grateful. What what, what I, I, don't you feel grateful? And one of the kids says, You just got new rock sport shoes, you know, no no other kid in the class has rock sports. Says, I didn't want those rock sports, I want a different 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 style. I got these rock. so 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 uh so so one kid finally says to him, Hey, orange he says, You guys are all jealous of me because I am the champion at these parties. <laughs> so one kid says aren't you grateful that you're the champion of, of being you're the most neglected person aren't you don't you the kid's like yeah that, that I appreciate that that's great so but, but he said that <laughs> but actually it changed the way the way the way you look at things anyways the point is that's whole the whole political narrative yeah that's, a, that's, a, that's, 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 that's our own narrative so, so the terrorist says to us this week Sean tells us look at me, Hashem says, "Realize you're able to see divine providence. You're able to see beneath the physical opaque veneer of the world and see how the Eibishter is 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 is, is what, what what it's all about." And that brings us to prepare for the month of Elul, where we make, to make a, a stock taking of where things have to go and to say, "When talk, since the power of sight touches you so deeply, if we would see divine providence and we look for divine providence, that would affect us to our very core, and we could really say to Anila I'm really here for you,' because." when you see something, it, it changes everything about you. When something touches your power of sight, it touches your very core. And, and therefore, if we, so Hashem tells us that we enter the month of El, you know, you know we're supposed to go in the month of El? Look for the Divine providence. To try to see the inside of things, and then you'll be able to say to Hashem truly with a full heart, Anila I'm, I'm here for you, Hashem. <laughs>